Welcome to the Kairos Church Podcast. We believe Jesus loves you, has called us all into his family and kingdom, and is moving through his family to his glory. Kairos Church is located in Grandview, Missouri. You can find us online at kairos-kc.org or through social media at Kairos, Kansas City. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. I want to speak to you today from the book of Colossians. And uh, as I'm going to be preaching over the next, uh, ever how long this takes me, I want to go through the book of Colossians with you as I have opportunity to uh, share with you. I know this next Sunday we're going to have one of our immersion services, uh, which we haven't done in a while. And if you, uh, again, if you don't remember what those are, we just basically just spend the time worshiping and allow the Spirit uh, free reign to move and minister as he desires. And they can be a fun time. Uh, it's, it's challenging for our worship team, and I really appreciate them because it's a big difference between playing for 40 minutes and playing for an hour and a half straight. It's a big difference. And so it's a big sacrifice for them. I remember last year they used to talk about, um, or when we did it, they used to talk about how sore their fingers used to get on the, uh, the, key, uh, the guitars and things. So it is a sacrifice, and we appreciate their willingness to uh, try this crazy new thing for current season. I mean, we've done this many times. We've seen some really cool healings. I remember on our very first one, which we did in September of, I think, 15, 2015, uh, we had a woman healed of uh, terminal uh, kidney disease, and uh, she was going blind, and she was healed of both of them unexpectedly in that first service. And I was like, wow, let's do this every single week, you know? So uh, it's just a, a fun time to dedicate our hearts to the Lord and really seek Him. But I want to share with you from the book of Colossians. So if you turn to Colossians, and before we do that, of course, I've got my dad jokes, and we'll take communion. I'm assuming that whoop was for the communion. Thank you, Andrew. You're awesome, man. So let me give you my dad jokes. <clears throat> I have three of them here, and I've saved uh, my favorite for last, which I like doing. So I once volunteered at a recycle center, and I hated it because my job was predominantly to sit around and crush cans all day long. It was so depressing. Yeah, Justin, Justin isn't here to give me that drum roll. <clears throat> Number two, uh, I've just finished a book that I'm writing on reverse psychology. I hope to get it published soon, and uh, I don't recommend buying it. <laughs> okay, that one's bad. <laughs> get it reverse psychology. Anyway, yeah, I know. I'm joking. I'm explaining on purpose. Here you go. I'm sure everyone has heard of the historical figure Karl Marx, but no one remembers his sister, Anya. She invented the starting pistol. Anya Marx. Okay, wow. I know. Uh, Anya Marx. I laughed and laughed and laughed on that one, but anyway. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. It, isn't the Lord good? My jokes aren't that bad, but the, isn't the Lord good all the time? So let's focus in on him now, and let's prepare to take communion. Let's come together as a family. We had a wonderful note this morning as you're preparing, and the ushers have elements if you don't have them. Um, I got a note from Yvonne uh, Stiles in Cambodia this morning on, on Facebook, and she just uh, thanked us again for all the love and support because she had a reminder that had popped up on Facebook to remind her uh, from us, uh, from Metro way back then in 2010, that had said, um, Yvonne has decided to stay in Cambodia, and we're so excited for this new season in her life. And it was from 2010, and she just said, you guys have stuck with me, or been with me and supported me since then. That's 11 years. It was June 26th of, of 2010. And it was just a fun little reminder to watch uh, her prosper and grow, beginning under Jim, and just has continued this last uh, seven and a half years that I've had the privilege of, of leading here and uh, how you guys have supported her all this time and how she's branched out now and is and serving and started a new uh, ministry that is um, changing the way Cambodians look at the disabled and uh, just, just totally changing their view slowly, I'm sure, but it is, it is working a new work in Cambodia and bringing value to all of God's um, children there. So, amen. So we are taking communion. It's good to be together as a family and to remind ourselves of the work of Jesus. So Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you, Lord, for the powerful work, Lord, of the cross, what you did and your faithfulness to it, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not your will, but the Father's will be done. Thank you, Lord, for that, for being faithful to the cross, for loving us and seeing us and being willing to lay down your life for us. Thank you, Lord, for your body being broken. We receive this wafer, Lord, in remembrance of the breaking of your body, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you were slain from the foundation of the world and your blood, Father, was poured out for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the last sacrifice, that no, no other uh, blood needs to be shed, Lord. Thank you, Father, for that we receive this juice in remembrance of the power of your blood, the supremacy of it, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I suppose if there's one good thing that has come out of the pandemic, it is our weekly taking of communion. We started that at the very beginning in March or April of last year, and we've tried to do that every week since then, and I still enjoy it. I still enjoy the weekly reminder, and we'll continue it as long as uh, we feel like it is beneficial to us on a reminder, and it doesn't get uh, dead in its uh, religion, you know, de dead in its process of it, so... So we are in the book of Colossians. Let me give you a little history on Colossians. Well, first let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are our peace. I thank you, Lord, for uh, being with Josh and that you watch over him, Father. 
Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today and uh, just giving me the ability to uh, share with you what you've placed on my heart. And then, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to preach what you want to preach. Uh, speak to each heart individually as you only you can. And uh, use uh, any word, Lord, to remind them of Jesus in the way that you need to. Of his love, Father, of his strengthening, Lord, of his grace, of his endurance, of his perseverance, of his faith. Lord, reveal to us more of Jesus this morning. We thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Colossians, this book was written probably 60, 61, 62 AD, about 30 years after Jesus has died. Uh, this is one of the last books that Paul wrote. This is, uh, he wrote this when he was in prison in Rome. And uh, he had never been to uh, Coloss Colossae, I think is the proper uh, name of the city. He'd never been there. This city is located in the, kind of the middle of Turkey. Uh, it's not far from Laodicea. If you remember the city of Laodicea, it's one of the churches mentioned in the book of Revelations where uh, the water was lukewarm and so it would make you sick and it was the analogy was used, uh, you know, I need you to be either hot for me or cold for me, don't be lukewarm. And so it's not far from that and these churches uh, were in fellowship with each other. Uh, Paul did not plant this church. He didn't, had never visited. So here he's writing a letter because their, their pastor, their founding pastor had come and visited Paul. And now they were sending back a letter. This letter is also related to the letter of Philemon, uh, where Paul probably sent this second letter back at the same time to Philemon uh, in reference to someone we'll get to at the end of this chapter, uh, end of this book, uh, where he's talking about how to deal with this brother in the Lord. So Paul's writing this, and so you have to take this in the heart of, I don't know you, it'd be like a, uh, we got a letter, and I read that letter to you of somebody that I know real well, who loves you and wants to speak fatherly into your lives. Okay? So let's pretend this book was written to us, Kairos Church, from a, a father of the faith who wants to speak into our lives and remind us of the work of Jesus. So Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. Uh, I'm just going to throw little notes in here, just things to keep in mind. So Paul is an apostle by the will of God. Uh, I just want to encourage you, as you seek the Lord and know who you are, your confidence rises. When you are doing and walking out who you are called to be, uh, whatever occupation that is, but really more I'm speaking of, who you are called to be, not what you're called to do, but who you're called to be. As you grow in the confidence of that, uh, or as you grow in the knowledge of that, your confidence begins to rise in it because you begin to walk it out, not in your own strength, but in his strength, because it's his calling on you to be something, and he fills you and enables you to be and to do what comes out of that being. So you walk in that being and you learn to walk in that being and you learn to have confidence in it because it's him. You're not doing it to build yourself up. You're not doing it to, uh, to perform. You're not doing it to prove to others that he actually called you to do it. So I've got to do something to show you that I'm called. It pours into you and you begin in confidence to walk out and fulfill that because of your relationship with him. Notice Paul didn't say here, uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, decided by the council in Jerusalem. 
It wasn't a man's annotation. There's nothing wrong with having that certificate on your wall that someone's laid hands on you and said, we acknowledge. But the most important thing is that you are walking out what Jesus has spoken over you. And that only comes from you spending time with Jesus and hearing him. And walking it out slowly and letting your gift make room for you and your gift make room for you by allowing others around you to be able to see with humility as you walk this out to recognize and give you space to walk out your gifting. If you have to come in and make room for your gifting yourself, you are outside of the timing of your calling and your gifting. You walk out your calling with humility and you let people notice and the Lord opens the doors for you and enables you. If you're looking for a title, you're probably insecure in who you are and you're wanting men to acknowledge and speak into what the insecurity is in your calling. If you're secure in your calling, you will not care what men title you because you know because Jesus has told you and you're walking in it. And that's where the truth strength comes because your power and your authority is from Jesus and not from anything else. And your power and authority is that a power and authority to serve. And so when you're serving, you don't need top-down recognition of your calling or your gifting. Because the top has recognized. Okay, so Paul, when he writes this, this isn't like a, hey, I need you to understand who I am. This is a very humble laying it out. I'm an apostle by Jesus Christ. I've walked this out now for 30 years. Spent the 14 years in the desert where no one knew my name. You know, so this is where this comes from. To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Uh, to the saints, believers, and faithful brothers. That word brothers there is um, uh, Adelphi, Adelphoi, which uh, means uh, siblings and can refer to both men and women. Okay? So they're translating it brothers simply for, uh, like we say, mankind. So it is the siblings in Christ, in Colossae. Notice how he brings himself down to their level too, because he's there to serve. He isn't the high speaking, I have the word for you. He's coming in and saying, hey, I know who I am in Christ and I want to speak to you, my brothers and my sisters. It's a very humble coming in and serving. He's laying out his ability to serve and to love them. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Who is the source of our grace and our peace? God. It does not come in who you know. You don't need to listen to me so that you get in good with me and I know that you're loyal so that you have my grace. Your grace, your peace comes from God the Father. And either, you, either I am shining forth the grace and the peace and you recognize it because I am like the Father, and so you receive, or you don't. I don't have to endow myself to you so that you will listen to me. I don't have to use smooth things or, or you know, projections or, or whatever. Either the power of the Spirit is there, or it is not. Okay? So, Paul, this, these are kind of foundational things that he doesn't come out and say, but he's laid down before you, if you dig in there. 
We always thank uh, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. It's kind of cool that, that Paul prays for this church that he has never visited and he did not plant. Uh, he planted the church in Ephesus, and probably this guy got saved in Ephesus and, and replicated what, what he saw Paul do and went out from Ephesus to this area and planted this church. More than likely, something like that happened. <clears throat> because this guy respects Paul and, and goes and visits Paul. So he has a relationship with Paul. So more than likely, these are like grandchildren of the planting, if you look at it in, in that way. So we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. You know, when we first get saved, our focus of our prayers is generally ourself. What we need, uh, what we want, uh, what's best uh, for me. And as you grow in your faith, you begin to pray less and less about yourself and more and more for those around you. I think a real sign of a maturity in a believer besides humility <clears throat> and teachability is uh, the fact that they're praying for others. The majority of their prayers are centered around what's going on around them whether those people recognize they're being prayed for or not. <clears throat> and so Paul here is saying, hey, you've been on my heart for a while. I've been praying for you. There are people who pray for us, this church, Kairos. There are people that you will never see, that do not know, maybe will never hear from, that pray for you regularly. Amen. Paul says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints, because the hope laid up for you in heaven, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the, of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole wide world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. I want to encourage you. The gospel is going forth. And the gospel is bearing fruit, and it is increasing. And it is happening around you all the time. If you don't see it happening around you, one, you're looking in the wrong place, or two, you're focused on your problems and the situations around you instead of asking the Lord to work through you. You know, when the Lord is working through you, generally you're pretty positive about what's going on in the world. There's tons of problems, but you know what? There's been problems for 7,000 years. Ever how long the earth has existed? Adam's son killed his other son. That's pretty bad. That's one generation away from the presence of the Lord, and you've already got brothers killing brothers. <clears throat> so I encourage you, if, if you're discouraged, ask the Lord to show you what he's doing around you so that you can be built up in the encouragement because the gospel is filling the world and it is bearing fruit and it is increasing. As it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. It's so important for us to know the grace of God in truth. Jesus, when he came, he brought grace and truth. It says in the book of John chapter 1. If Jesus brought grace and truth, it's important for us to know the grace of God 
in truth. So that we understand what the grace of the Lord is, and we understand it in a, in a way that brings truth, and truth brings liberty. So it should, the grace of God should liberate us and not put bondage upon us. We've not been enslaved again to religiosity and death. We've been set free and filled with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who endured the death of the cross so that we might live in his riches and in his freedom. So grace comes to us to liberate us so that we can walk in his truth and in his freedom. Grace is available to you today for whatever situation you're dealing with. Just as you learned it from, uh, dang, I practice his name, Epaphras, Epaphras, just as you learned it from Epaphras, or Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, this is the guy who had planted the church, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So he went back and reported to Paul and encouraged Paul with what was going on as Paul was in prison. And so from the day we heard, verse 9, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and understanding. It's important to know the will of God. And I believe that it is available for us to learn to understand, to perceive, to understand, and to walk in the will of the Father. I believe the Lord wants to reveal to us His will, and individually. I believe the Lord wants to individually, to you, show you His will. And of course, there's different protections that He puts in there. Uh, humility, teachability, uh, having authority over you that you can go to and get counsel from. People that, uh, accountability. There are things that, that the Lord has arranged and, and did it to protect us as we are hearing his will. But he wants us individually to hear his will. We get strength when we learn to hear the Lord. Even when we fail. I'm reminded right now of, a, of a, being a young, a young single guy in Russia and I had asked the Lord, Lord, I, I just want to just totally be led by you, to know your will and to hear your voice and to really hear you. And I was walking down this hill. It was late at night. I was all by myself. And uh, I know I've told, probably told you the story before. Uh, walking across uh, Pushkina, uh, Pushkin Square there in Ivanova, uh, and it's late at night. It's dark, and I'm, I'm just talking to the Lord. I'm meditating. You know, I'm at that stage in my life where I'm just really beginning to grow and understand and really passionately going, okay, Jesus, I want to hear you. I want to learn to walk in the Spirit and, and hear you and, and uh, be able to uh, uh, walk out what you asked me to do. And so I'm walking down the hill, and I hear the Spirit very, very clearly say to me, when you get across the, the Ploshid, the, the, the square, you're, there's a bus stop over there, and in the bus stop will be a soldier, and you're to invite him home and feed him. Okay? Now, it's 10 o'clock at night. Soldiers should not be out after dark. It's illegal for them to be out. If they're out, there's an illegal reason of why they're out. Okay? And of course, as soon as this, I hear this, this thought popped in my head, I knew it was the Lord, but at the same time, 
there's no, no, you know, you know, because I, I just asked, I must have made this up. I get all the way down. There's nobody. The, 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 the square is empty. And this is a big square, several, a good mile square area. And there's nobody in it. It's where all the buses came together in, in the center part of the city. I am walking by. I get to the bus stop. In the darkness of the bus stop is a cigarette light. And as I go by, I see that it is a soldier. Of course, at that time then, all of my... Uh, fear of rejection, fear of looking stupid, fear of man, all this stuff hits me, and I make the decision to walk right on by. And I do not respond and don't do it. Of course, you know, since that time, 20-something years ago, over 20 probably, 30 years, whatever, uh, I still think about that moment, and I still pray for that young man, whoever it was, because it weighs on me that I did not respond and walk out what I asked. But I learned from that situation, and the next time I kept fighting against any kind of fear until I've gotten to the point where that fear doesn't jump on me like it used to. I used to cave to the fear. Now I don't. So we can learn from the Lord and to hear the Lord even when we fail in what he's asked us to do. Our point is to grow and to grow closer to him as children. Seek him out. So Paul here says, you know, we're praying for you that you grow in the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Grow in the knowledge and have wisdom and understanding. See, knowledge is info. Knowledge is just data. And you can grow in knowledge but lack wisdom and lack understanding. Because wisdom or understanding is, is seeing what's going on right now, understanding the times, the seasons, perceiving what is all going on in the background, what's all being laid out, what the enemy's doing. That's what understanding is. Wisdom is actually what to do in that situation. You can have knowledge without wisdom and understanding. You can have uh, knowledge with understanding but lack the wisdom on how to respond. And you can have knowledge and you can have wisdom, but not perceive what is truly going on and not be able to apply the wisdom. So you can see why Paul wants them not only to know the Lord, to, to, to get in and get the data and begin to see so that they can begin to see in their life what's going on and, and understand what's the enemy doing, what's God doing around me, and then have the wisdom of how to take that promise from the word and apply it to today in the situation. That's why he prayed for all three, so that they could walk in victory, not just knowledge. In that situation, I had knowledge. I had info from the Lord. I heard the Lord, but I lacked the understanding to perceive the fear of man coming against me and, and how to do it. And I lack the wisdom of how to overcome the fear of man and looking like a fool to respond and walk in the fullness of the Father's will. So it's a process that we grow in and mature in in our walk with the Lord. 
So Paul wants us and prays not only that we learn about the Lord, but that we begin to understand and perceive what's going on around us and then have the wisdom to apply what he has taught us to the situations so that his will can be completed. His good and perfect will. So that's what Paul prays here for the church, and that's what is prayed for us as Kairos Church. Lost my place. Verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Boy, that's so cool. So the reason we do this, the reason God wants us to walk in maturity and to grow in our understanding of reconciliation, how he has reconciled us and how we have ministry of reconciliation for others. The reason we do this is so that we can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now that word worthy is a big word and it has a lot of, of, of unwrapping to it. Because uh, generally when we think, at least I always did, when, when I heard the word worthy, I always thought of sin. Well, I'm, I'm failing the Lord. I have this, this area of sin where I'm failing, so therefore I am walking unworthy. But you know, that's just one area of worthiness. You have the area of flesh where you have to grow in so that your flesh does not rule over you. And also that you are treating it like the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because that's the flip side. Either it rules over you and you just do whatever your flesh want and you're fleshly in your immaturity, or you are uh, self-denying and mistreating your flesh to the point that you are detrimental to your flesh and you're destroying the temple because you're not taking care of the temple. You know, it's great to fast, but if you fast nonstop for 40, 50, 60, 70 days, you're going to die and be with the Lord. There's a balance there. And so that's just that one area of, of, of being uh, faithful. What's the word? Walking worthy in the flesh with the Lord. Uh, another biggie that I think that we struggle with, with worthy, worthiness, is uh, with money or with wealth. Walking worthily. worthily getting tongue-tied. Worthily. What a funny word. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Is with money and wealth. It's where you have money, but it does not own you. You own it, and it is submitted to the Lord, and you're a giver, but it does not own you to where when the Lord moves upon your heart to give, you don't go, well. And that's where we grow throughout our lives as believers. Some of us naturally have less problem with the flesh. Some of us naturally are more givers financially. And then the other ones grow, and we spur one another on to be givers, to not uh, be, to follow in the dictates of our flesh, whatever that area of the flesh is. And I think the third one is when we deal with power. And you never know to walk in a worthy, worthy manner of the Lord with power. And by power, I mean uh, all of us have authority or power in some degree. And it's walking in that power and that authority in a worthy manner of the Lord, representing the way Jesus would walk out that power or authority. 
And that, you know, simply gets um, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your kids, how you treat your coworkers, how you treat those that are underneath you that you have the ability to quote unquote order around, whose jobs are dependent upon you, uh, how you treat uh, anyone that serves you, like you go to a restaurant and your, your waiter or waitress comes to serve you. You have a power over them because you're the customer. You know, the customer's always right. How you treat the, the Walmart worker when you go in and you're upset about the return. You have power over them because you know they're going to take it. Do you know what I mean? So your power is pretty broad. And so how do you walk out that area of power in a worthy manner to the Lord, in a manner worthy to Jesus Christ. So worthy is this broad thing. And Paul says, when you know the will of the Father, and you can begin to grow in it, and you don't have just information, but you have understanding to the situation you're in, like you're at the customer service center at Walmart, and you have wisdom to apply, speak peace, use kind words, to the situation, then you can walk out that situation in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ. Because I don't see Jesus getting mad at the cashier. Just trying to be real, real practical. Because I think Paul was very practical. Even though most of his writing seems so lofty. Oh my word. I wonder if he realized that this letter that he would write to the church there in 61, 60 or 61 AD would be read in another church 1,980 years later. I guess 1,960 years later. Sorry, my math was a little off. Math quick in the head. So do it in a, uh, in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, that is your judge. Not, did your neighbor think it was right? Did mama think it was right? It's, did the Lord think it was right? And really, the only one who can tell you that is, is Jesus. We listen to counsel, and we do it, but it really goes back to our heart personally with Jesus, because our hearts are so, wow, so um, like an onion. There's so many layers there. And all of our actions seem right, and everything looks good, but the Lord puts his finger, what about that area right there where this is really coming out of you and not me? And that never ends, by the way. just wanted to give you, if you're, if you're trying to live life to where I get to the point where the Lord doesn't do that to me, that won't happen until you are before him. So stop complaining and uh, just go on. Character development is a part of following Jesus. It's the joy of following Jesus. Count it all joy when you fall through diverse temptations and trials, knowing that it's working out the character. See, there's, there's verses to back me up on what I'm saying here. So walk in this manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Man, it's so good. Bearing fruit in any good work. Bearing fruit, any good work. Now, that work there is um, a doing, you know, because doing comes out of our being. Our being does not come out of our doing. We're first who we are, and out of who we are, we actually do and, and either do good or, or do evil. 
you know, so whatever that work is, that occupation, it doesn't make a bit of difference as long as you are bearing fruit and doing out of your character that is developed with Jesus. All of us need character development. All of us need time with Jesus more to get the character. So don't dis, uh, dissuade yourself or fire yourself or, or you know, give up or whatever. That, that isn't worth it uh, because of you're not seeing the fruit that you want to see. Go to the Lord, talk to him, and give him the space to move in your life. Okay? This is not a condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. That isn't, it, it gets you nowhere. Um, that's like, well, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face type stuff. You know, it, it, it's not beneficial to you to fire yourself if you're growing. So grow in the Lord and continue to grow in the Lord. Bearing fruit in any occupation. Uh, I think I've given you some occupations, but really you could choose any occupation that you're doing. My occupation is that I run a nonprofit organization, a church called Kairos. That's my occupation. My calling is different. How I walk that out and my character is different than my occupation. I don't gain those things from my occupation. The Lord can use my occupation to teach character within me. But I can walk out my calling here in this occupation, or like my cousin, I can walk out my calling as he manages fast food restaurants. He's constantly discipling and reaching the lost as a manager and owner of fast food restaurants. That's how the Lord has led him to walk out his calling. The Lord has led me to walk out my calling in the organization of churches in the body of Christ. So however the Lord has pointed you and, and put you, walk out your calling and, and let your fruit grow till it is fully pleasing to him and, and in a manner worthy of the Lord. Amen? So Paul knows this, and so he says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance, patience, and joy. Of course, that word power is the word uh, dunamis, which comes from the, we get the word dynamite from. It means it's an ability. It's a dynamite ability. It's like a boom, power, power, you know. Anyway. May he be strengthening you with all power according to his glorious might. So actually, it's kind of funny, but it, the, the words here, are, uh, will he dunamoo you with all of his dunamus? It's the verb and the noun of of dunamis, of, of power. May he, that word strengthen. So he's given you dunamu uh, with dunamus. Because he has so much might, he's got the power, he's got the ability, so do it. So you'll notice that the power and the might don't come from you. It comes from the Lord. What comes from you? The following words, endurance, patience, and joy. And by you, I mean you may have the deciding factor whether or not to walk this out or not. You decide to endure. You decide to be impatient. You decide to receive joy. The joy comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But you have a deciding, major deciding factor in there. So you receive the power and you walk through these things. <clears throat> Endurance is our walking so that we don't lose hope or lose faith. So if you're losing hope or you're losing faith, it's an attack against your endurance. Because we don't 
uh, follow uh, uh, loss of faith, loss of hope in our decision-making. We follow the Lord. We hear the Lord. What is the Lord saying to us? And then we respond. We cannot respond out of discouragement, a loss of faith or a loss of hope. That it's generally a trial of our endurance. Are we going to believe the Lord? Patience is a test of our ability to uh, let go of control and trust. (laughs) Patience is a test of our ability to let go of control and trust. Well, I I am trusting, but I want it now. Because I get to decide when this happens, and if it doesn't happen now, then I'm giving up endurance because I'm discouraged, I no longer trust you, I no longer have faith, therefore I'm ending. And you know God is moved by our lack of patience. That's sarcasm, by the way. (laughs) If there's anything, it's just he loves us and he will speak to us. Okay, I hear you, but who's God here? Does the clay say to the potter, now? (laughs) No. And that frees us when we are able to give over to him our patience, our control, our trust. It frees us to be able at peace to walk in the timing of the Lord. Because there are things we don't understand. And there's things that we don't know about. And we get to, when we try to, we end up with Ishmael's, like Abraham and Sarah did. They ended up with this whole generation that's been a thorn in their side for thousands of years because Sarah and Abraham lost faith in the, and trusting of the Lord that he was able to do what he said. And the last one there, I know it's getting late. You guys look tired. <clears throat> Joy... Joy is a test of your ability to rest, I think. It's a test of your ability to rest. We lose our joy when we are striving and try to figure it out, and we move away from the rest of the Lord where our joy is. Because our strength comes from the Lord, and if our strength is at Him, then we are resting and receiving His strength. And we tend to be in joy in those situations. I've heard the Lord. I know what's going to happen. I trust in Him. And the joy is there. Oh, I can remember the story about <clears throat> the college, um, college president, a Christian college, who had received terrible news, but just recently had been filled again with the Holy Spirit. And he just started laughing. And the accountant was like, did you hear me? We're, we're bankrupt next week. And he just fell off of his chair laughing. Because he had received from the Lord a word that everything would be okay. And so his endurance was picked up. He had patience in the midst of the storm and he received the joy of the Lord and was able to speak into the situation the Lord will provide and the next week the Lord provided and the financial situation was taken care of because the Lord was already working on their behalf over here that they could not see. So that's why Paul says this to this church. This allows you when you're here to flow in his power and, uh, and, and his glorious might uh, by enduring walking in patience and 
walking in joy, giving thanks to the Father. I'm going to stop there, but giving thanks to the Father, again, is remaining thankful and realizing who the source is. We are constantly reminded and brought back to ground zero where we realize, okay, who is actually the source? Who's actually uh, the one who helps me to be the man, who helps me to be the father, who helps me to be the husband, who helps me to be the pastor, who, who gives me the wisdom I need to solve situations, who hears my prayer and answers, answers them? Who's the one that actually does this? Well, it's you, Lord. It's not me. I want to fight the battle. I want to try to make this happen. But in, in reality, I can only do what I can do. And the rest of it, I have to trust in you. And so, Lord, I choose to rest in you and trust in you. So I want to encourage you this morning. <clears throat> when the Lord says he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, it's because first and foremost, he has reconciled us. So let's get that settled in our heart by growing in these areas more and more as we further on in this book see and begin to look at how the Lord has reconciled and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's remind ourselves on a regular basis what the Lord has done and choose with wisdom to put our eyes toward him and move forward. Let me pray for you this morning. And I want to give you a chance to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, respond I know there are difficult situations we're going through. Yeah, you can if you want to. Sure, yeah, that'd be great. You can always just jump up there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I know we go through difficult situations, and I want to encourage you that you're not alone in this and that there are brothers and sisters around you. Uh, there are uh, older believers around you who have probably walked through the exact same situation and want to encourage you in your faith and want to pray with you. So uh, if you're going through a difficult time this morning and or in a situation that you just need wisdom in or you need um, just to hear the Lord or you need encouragement to go, you know what, I'm hearing the Lord, but it's difficult for me to trust and to, to walk out what I'm hearing. If you're in a situation where you just need some encouragement like that, I, I would ask you to stand. And as Chelsea begins to just uh, play, I'm going to ask you to stand. Bless you, Lord. <clears throat> and we're going to ask the Lord to meet you today. Bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, leadership, ministry team, if, if you or anyone else in the body, if you have a word of encouragement for someone that's standing, you're welcome to go and lay hands on them and pray for them and speak a word of encouragement
help us to endure. Help us to have patience. Help us to walk in joy. I thank you, Father, for it. Holy Spirit, I'm just going to give you uh, the space just to speak to hearts this morning. That was Pastor Matt Backtold. Matt has been the lead pastor of Kairos Church since 2014. Thank you for listening. Please support our ministries as we develop Christian community in the greater Kansas City area and beyond. You can give online through our mobile app or website, www.kairos-kc.org.